Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity. Or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McHugh-McGrath, recording 6,206 kilometers from Helsinki, Finland. And hello to the listeners in Finland. I know you exist. Hi! I'm waving hello to you from here. Today, let's learn about the animals who make Google Maps Google possible. Okay, let's go. Okay, so this is the last time until next November where I'm going to beg you. I'm, I would be on my knees if it wouldn't script the sound <laughs> that tomorrow is voting day. If you're in the United States, make sure to get a photo of your I Voted sticker and send it in. You know how to do this by now, right? You can email bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com or tweet a bewildered pod on Twitter. Hmm, at least for now. And tell me where your sticker is from. I love the little stickers from everywhere. The Georgia peach one is the cutest. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't seen all the other ones. You got to send them in. (laughs) And hey, Patreon folk, I hope, 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 hope my little vote B came in just in time. I really hope so. But if not, it's perennial. So you can just slap it on your laptop or favorite water bottle and just always remember to go vote when duty calls. And if you want to go back to listen to episode nine, there are some great political stories there, including animals who won races for city mayor, what the link is between Santa Claus and the donkey slash elephant that we use for political mascotry here in the United States, and how a swamp rabbit contributed to sinking Jimmy Carter's presidential career. And I guess there's really nothing else as important as that. So let's dive into today's episode. And I'll see y'all on the other side of the election. Good luck. During the beginning of the pandemic, my kiddo, then age seven, in a fit of creativity, decided to make lemonade out of the lemons that were those first few weeks of lockdowns. She decided to, quote, take a drive. And she would do this by going on Google Maps on my old laptop that she was using for second grade phonics and online math. She would even find our old car, which was actually visible from the street view on Google at the time. And then she would just start kind of clicking the little arrows on the road. She did manage to somehow cross state lines and end up in Georgia at some point. (laughs) Also space. Much like Elon Musk's Tesla, my kiddo found herself in space using Google Maps, but without the pretension and the stink of unbridled spoiled brightiness plus big money, plus mommy, can I please buy Twitter? Can I? Can I? 
Ah, oh, that guy. Anyway, I'm so sorry. That man is just a hot mess. Anywho, kiddo, she would just click around on Street View and explore new areas. And if we looked at houses when we were still house searching, she would log into the Googs and just look for a house. She would drive around for a bit and tell us all the neat things she would find on her journey. It was actually quite helpful while we were trying to explore different towns. This was a fantastic way for her specifically to explore as she gets horribly carsick. And even the bus ride currently to and from school is a big slog. This poor kid rolls around into school feeling like mush every day because she just cannot with cars. But this gave her some freedom to check things out without the association of needing to vomit, so I guess that's great all around. And many of those maps were created by driving around the streets with a funky little camera on top of a car. This car kind of puts around the neighborhood collecting data and a 360 degree view of any particular road, which is stitched together with other particular roads and other pictures and voila, street view. But the world is big and there are many places that either cars do not exist or driving is just dangerous, prohibited. There are no roads, it's too hot, it's too cold. There are reasons why vehicles might not be the preferred method of getting around. So to the person in a meeting who yelled out, I'm guessing at Google Maps, bring me the camels. You win all the things. You see, the first animal employed to help gather information for Google Maps was Rafia, a 10-year-old, at the time, dromedary camel. And for those playing the home game, that's the one with one hump. But she cannot do it alone, and she cannot carry a teeny tiny camera and call it good this is street view we're talking about, even though there are no streets. And what went on top of Rafia was the tracker camera. This is a camera that, until very recently, someone like even you could just borrow this from Google and walk around to help capture videos from unusual hard-to-reach places. This tracker, despite the name indicating a tracking-friendly apparatus that could be easily carried, was not easy to carry at all. It was instead, according to a Mashable article titled, Google's massive street view camera backpack is heavy AF, the camera was three foot nine inches tall, which is about 45 inches high. I'm 64 inches high, that is 70% of my height. It also happened to weigh 44 pounds or around 20 kilograms. I'm going to quote from that Mashable piece written by Yvette Tan in 2017. Quote, It only took about three people to help me get the trekker on. The hardest part was making it down three flights of stairs. The weight of the backpack caused me to lean heavily forward and I kept picturing myself tumbling down head first. I could also feel the 15 camera ball wobbling with each step that I took, despite the trekker looking quite sturdy. In comparison, it was easier to walk back up the stairs and far less scary to walk on flat ground, naturally. In all, I lasted all of five minutes. End quote. This, this was the camera that was placed on top of Rafia, the camel. Camels are used to carrying heavy things through the desert, so this may not have been a huge issue for her, but when you see this nearly four foot high setup on her hump, she looks like a walking... Well, kind of more of like a sauntering character, maybe in a Star Wars movie. But Raffia did not do this alone. She had a handler, a guide, 
a man who was unnamed in every single article I read. And the articles did that thing where one article wrote a thing and then every other one copied and pasted it. So it was really difficult to get new and relevant information. So to Mr. Unnamed Guide who walked through a freaking desert with a camel in the daylight, I applaud you. These two together walk through this area called the Liwa Desert, which happens to be the largest oasis of the Arabian Peninsula. It is also one of the oldest sites of the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. When you picture a desert with golden sand, rolling hills, long shadows, this is that desert. The same guy I'm guessing who said, bring me the camels, also said, bring me the trikes as in tricycles. And when I read that, I thought of my own kiddo pedaling in a hot pink and obnoxiously purple three-wheeler in the city and not knowing exactly how this would be helpful. But when I looked, the tricycles weren't exactly these big wheels that I was picturing for toddlers. They were more like the big kid trike. More like transporting people or a carriage with three wheels someone could hire for weddings. <laughs> But instead of people getting an expensive ride for stage photography opportunities, this carriage was carrying the massive cameras as someone pedals on footpaths, bike lanes, and even the Google Mega Complex. These are places where cars cannot go. And while I think the trike is intentionally misleading, it did get me to click into the article, so maybe it worked. It also does not diminish the difficult work that the person pedaling the leg-powered vehicle in difficult terrain would still have to do in order to get these images. So all of this was to make our lives easier. But in addition to camel cam, other animals got into the mapping gig too. My favorite? Sheep. Yep, sheep got in on the camera game. It turns out the Faroe Islands, these teeny tiny islands that are betwixt Norway and Iceland, brr, are nearly impossible to get to by car. So they, and by they, I mean the Faroe's tourism board, looked to sheep. I mean, it makes sense. These sheep outnumber people. The Faroe Islands have about 50,000 humans. That is so cute. There are nearly twice as many sheep than people on these tiny islands. <laughs> in fact, many of the people who live on these islands can thank sheep for their entire livelihood and food, as about a third of these sheep are slaughtered for food and nearly all the rest are used in making wool for clothing and milk for all the things that we use milk for. It turns out getting sheep to wander was initially much harder than the Faroeans thought that it would be. <laughs> Quote, it's not very easy putting a camera on a sheep. We would just stand there and they would stand there and look at us. You have to, well, in some way, get them to move. End quote. Well, who was that quote from? It was from Levi Hansen, the spokesperson for the tourism board, which is responsible for visitfaroeislands.com. While the sheep did quite a bit of the work, with smaller cameras than were described at the beginning of the episode, I might add, they also had backpack cameras for people to walk around and bike cameras for cyclists and even a wheelbarrow camera for gathering information depicting trips from the barn to the dump out the sheep poop pile behind the garden? I don't know. I don't understand the wheelbarrow cam, but it's there. It was in the list. I'm including it in the notes. I did not ask any other questions. <laughs> As a result of Google Sheep View and its publicity, because you bet the tourism board jumped all over this and the story went international, the tourist industry boomed. 
Tourism to the Faroe Islands jumped 10% in the first year after Sheep View. And shout out to Ricky and Matt, my friends in Denmark. The Faroe Islands are their own little nation within the Kingdom of Denmark. And the Faroe Islands translate to Island of the Sheep. I guess that's even more true now. Other animals who have helped create Street View include sled dogs. You know, the Iditarod, which marks out some of the trail from the race to Nome with Balto and Togo. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were other critters who helped capture the areas that we can't get to yet, including the deep sea. Google octopus or crab cam? Maybe. Time will tell. And it appears that the Rent a Giant Freaking Camera program has actually ceased. Though the link to the Google document where you could request access to their state-of-art tech for your own adventures into the wilderness does still exist. It just sends you to a second link to a history of their cameras that has been in use since 2007, including the prototype which looks like a giant point-and-click camera facing straight into the sky tethered to the top of a 2000s car. And the camera that the Mashable reporter was wearing as she was trying to, you know, not die going up and down stairs? That camera is also part of this historical account of cameradom in the Google Street Views. So that will be in the show notes if you want to look at these cool cameras. Last note, while it feels like Google Maps and similar Street View programs have existed forever, they really just started in 2007, just one month before the first generation iPhone came out. 15 years ago. And if that makes you feel old, don't forget to take your eye exam this year and take some ibuprofen for that back pain you definitely woke up with this morning. So thank you for listening to this slightly shorter version, but still really fun um, episode of Bewilder Beasts. If you know of any historical animals who change the world, animals who help humans, or other animals putting things on the map, go ahead and let me know. Bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. Tweet at bewilderedpod. Also, bewilderbeastpod.com. You can click on the little button on the right-hand side of the screen and just talk. I love it. It's great. I also just like to talk, so maybe that's not your jam. There are other avenues of reaching me, but do send me your I Voted stickers. It'll make my day. This is a really rough week. Uh, I'm very nervous about a lot of races, and I just, I'm pulling for things to go well like across the country. And if you are nervous, I am with you, and it's got to get better, right? Anyway, um, I'm Melissa McHugh-McGrath with Mudstuff Media. Go get curious. I got today's information from googleearth.com, boardpanda.com, trekview.org, mashable.com, irishtimes.com, and Street View Trike in Action. There's a YouTube video that is in the show notes if you'd like. Links, as always, are in the description of today's episode. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Lebowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. Additional music provided by Pixabay and freesound.org and introducing happysoulmusic.com. Thanks, guys. Do not forget to vote. And also, like, subscribe, and review and share with your curious friends. Please, 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 cherry on top. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And until next week, when we do this all over again, <laughs> stay curious. I will see you next week. Bring me the camels!
You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.